buckle up and get ready for the journey as we navigate the ongoing relationship between belief and life, theology and doxology, or as we like to say, theodox. Welcome to the Theodox Podcast. Welcome to Theodox Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Gracie Calhoun, and this is Joshua Brooks. And today we welcome back Ryan Breland. What's up, Ryan? What's Hi, up? guys. Ryan in the house. In the house. In the bar. Is that your la 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 hat? Uh, it's my lower Aiken hat. Oh, know, lower Aiken. Repping lower Aiken. Uh, <laughs> shout out Ken Montjoy. That's his favorite joke. Nah, it's Los Angeles. Go Dodgers. Viva Los Doyers. <laughs> Anyways. Anywho's. Anywho's. So, what is y'all's most embarrassing hairstyle that you've ever rocked? Yeah, nah, I mean... All of yours are not I'm not embarrassed of any of mine. Yeah, I stand by every fashion decision I've ever made in my life. I did a lot of dumb things. Wow. And some people would say they were embarrassing. Yeah, you should have been embarrassed. <laughs> nah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I used to... Yeah, no, nah, I stand by everything. If I could bring back, like, the, like, 5X white tees like Soldier Boy used to wear, I'd bring him back. I, I don't think my wife would let me. Like crisscross, like clothes inside out or backwards? I'd do that too. I've never done that, but I'm yeah, down. Yeah, that was probably before your time a little bit. A little bit, but yeah. Like, look up Soldier Boy circa 2006. Yeah. Uh, circa Kiss Some Me Through the Phone and just look tea. at the biggest white tees ever. <laughs> I mean, probably the closest I came to being embarrassed was my brother was sh- shaving my head. And so, like, he shaved one side and tried to shave the other side. Just like, you know, late 80s, this little partial shave thing which has come back now but mm. um and then and he couldn't get it even so he just kept going up higher and higher and higher <laughs> and until i had this like kind of mohawk but it was longer hair on top than a mohawk so it still kind of parted down the middle and i'm mo- yeah this is rough i do have i do have some pictures i've never rocked a faux hawk but i think anybody who has should be embarrassed about themselves. like i think if it's i had throwed it up if throwed up is a word Ugh. it can be yeah but I mean, if i had like we know what you're saying if i had spiked it up a little bit it might have looked okay but it looked like just stupid yeah, yeah. i believe you <laughs> have you ever had any hairstyle or fashion oh yeah yeah or? i've had uh, at least you know, one time you cut your bangs really short that was you who cut my bangs really short okay shout out to dad <laughs> yeah then take into consideration of curly hair and you know it shrinks how but, old were you Oh, I was old enough to not let my dad cut my bangs. I was <laughs> old enough to hate me for it. Yeah, sixteen, I think. Did so he, did he like hold you down and force no, you? No, I was. Asked me. I asked. You're like, hey, dad. That was my <laughs> who place. should I get to cut my hair? Pops, come up with the scissors. You know, let me let get these bangs right. You know, I have regrets, but that's how you live life, right? That's, yeah, no I regrets. Know now not no to let regrets. him cut my bangs. You do know. All right, so enough of this. Right. Enough. Yeah, <laughs> enough serious time. Around. <laughs> time to get down to business. Yeah, tonight we're talking about some fun stuff. Talking about gray areas of the Christian faith. So let's talk about them. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Let's get it. All right, which one do y'all want to talk about first? Let's do alcohol. Why not? All right. Just come out the gates, yeah. The Is it a gray area? Let's start there. Guns w- ablaze. Unless you can go a different route. Ooh, no, let's right. go with me. Alcohol, is it a gray area? Yes or no? I say yes. Yes. I think it's a gray area. Yeah. So how should we define gray area? Let's do it. All right. Tell us. You go. Yeah. Go, Ryan. So I would say a gray area is something that the Bible may not be explicitly clear on, something we have Christian liberty on. I think our Christian liberty should be governed by 
am I loving God and loving others? Or am I just seeking to satisfy my own desires? I'm not trying to be the guy who, you know, hates on Western individualism, but I'm going to do it for just a second. Like in our individualistic mindset, it's, you know, like my freedom, my liberties. And mm-hmm. we lose sight on, no, you're, you know, you're a part of the body of Christ mm-hmm. and you're responsible to each other. And so like, yeah, what, you know, as a member of the body of Christ, as a Christian, you're, you know, what am I being above reproach? Right. Am right. I living a lifestyle that's consistent with the gospel and loving the people around me and putting their interests above my own? Yeah, it's too, I mean, yeah. it's interesting because I had thought about this earlier today in that our individualism, our, you know, our, our country is like bleeding or oozing this, um, pers- this mindset that individual um, expression individual liberties are almost superior to everything else. Right. And so I think that kind of plays right into this in two ways. And I think you've already hit on both of these, but one being if, if, if the individual, if my individual rights trump everything, then who am I going to submit to? Yeah. If my individual rights or individual uh, expression trumps everything else, then why am I going to care how, what I do affects someone else? Yeah. And so uh, I, I definitely think talking about these, um, well, I know for myself, even in thinking about these over the last few days has kind of like hit, hit me between the eyes a little bit with some conviction. And, um, so I'm interested in the technicality of the conversation, but, um, I guess going along with what you're saying, I think all of us would agree that the heart behind what we do is it needs to be, um, I, I guess, covered with thought for how am I truly submitting to Christ Mm -hmm. and how am I serving my brothers and sisters in the midst of this? If I choose to indulge or if I choose to refrain, I'm not judging or putting that same standard on others. You know, the gray area in that sense is individual and we have our own convictions about it. Not that it doesn't affect others and not that we shouldn't seek help from others, but we should not put our own personal convictions on others in these gray areas. So I, yeah. I guess let's go ahead and just dive into alcohol. This was Jesus's first miracle, multiplying <laughs> the wine and making that. So we see several instances in scripture where alcohol is talked about positively. Mm-hmm. We also see a lot more where alcohol is um, talked about as far as warnings and as dangers and some of that sin so we know from scripture some blatant sins of drunkenness obviously that's a big no-no and then being a stumbling block to your brother or sister in christ um i think there's certainly a place for enjoying the good gifts that god has given um, and that and we can go down the list a number of the things we're talking about in this are going to be things whether it's food um, whether it's relationships sex all these things are things that God has given us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting that scripture says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And he wasn't just referring to someone who swept the floors, you know, like there's, um, no, I'm, that was, <laughs> I'm that's a, encouraging to women. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm actually Keep saying women are much more valuable than that. I'm not yeah. saying okay. someone's got to wash the dishes too. <laughs> I'm just saying some people could put that in the category like, well, that's cause they're going to do this stuff. No, it's because, you find pleasure in your wife Mm. and that is also something God has given us. And so if we're going to say that anything that brings us pleasure is sin, then we have to take issue with tons of things that God's created. He gave us five senses 
and he gave us all kinds of things in life to um, enjoy and express, mm. you know, with those senses. And um, so in that way, I would say alcohol can fall into that category as food or any of these other things and say it, it can be and should be held in a category of this is something that God has given that can be enjoyed in moderation um, because he's given it to us. Yeah. So is there a way, and again, I feel like this is maybe a moving target, but for us to say, okay, this is, I'm enjoying it in moderation. I'm uh, drinking responsibly like the beer commercials say. Like, is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Is Do we know what that is or can we kind of figure out, okay, what are the situations or the times where this is good to be enjoyed? And I guess it's, might be legalism if we say these are the right times to do it this is the wrong time to do it but yeah let's try to think through yeah i guess moderation that again kind of comes down to the individual right because each of us have our own limits with alcohol some people might two or three not have any feelings at all i'm a lightweight and half a drink but how does someone get to the point where two or three aren't really affecting because the only, right. I mean, I don't, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a biologist. Um, <laughs> but I, I do know that the primary way you build your tolerance is by drinking more. Right. And so I don't know how someone could have a tolerance where they go like, dude, I can knock back three in 45 minutes and it doesn't phase me. Yeah. Well, you've undoubtedly. Yeah. You've been working on that. that tolerance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The training. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. My, my wife and I, we have um, pretty much a one drink limit, you know, so and and it's not every day, but if we're going to have a drink, it's usually together mm-hmm. and um, it's going to be one. That's it. And it's not, yeah. you know, um, it, it's usually us having something that we enjoy. Like mm-hmm. it's, that, it's that, yeah. you know, whether it's with a meal, something that, man, that's just adds to the meal mm-hmm. and that's okay you know god has given us that to enjoy but i agree if you put together a hard and fast rule that goes to everybody like you're right. saying then we're putting our convictions on someone else right mm-hmm. yeah and i think too part of that individual thing that i was talking about is really evaluating your own personality and evaluating your own dynamics mm-hmm. and to know like do i have an addictive personality mm-hmm. you know and Am I, do I have a lot of friends who are struggling in this area? Do I have small children in the house that I just don't really want them to be around this? Do I find myself getting excited to get buzzed or like that's what I'm looking forward to after a long work day? I think that's kind of what I mean by some of this individual stuff right. is really evaluating my personality. Mm. Not to say that, you know, just because I know my personality, I'm going to do what I should do. That's where we really need accountability. Um, but like just evaluating myself, like you said, a one drink limit, that's also what I have for myself, but I don't do it. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I don't um, drink with a meal. I normally drink about 30 minutes after a meal, just personally. So that way I have some food in my stomach. I just find I feel better that way. It doesn't make me feel anything and I don't get a headache. (laughs) A lot of times I can get a headache, but like you said, again, it's drinking something that you enjoy. It's not drinking just to drink. Um, Because in the Bible, we see it as celebratory a lot, right? mm -hmm. It's part of festivals and feasts, weddings and things like that. So it's like, it's, yeah, it's to be something that we enjoy and celebrate and maybe not, I think that's maybe how we abuse it, where it becomes something we're dependent on. Right. It's something that like, I don't know, shout 
R.I.P. Tim Keller, uh, the great, but like a good thing becomes a God thing becomes a bad thing. And so we make it an ultimate thing. Right. And make it something that we, you know, build up to, you know, and put it in that, that God position. Then ultimately it will fail us and, mm-hmm. you know, leave us wrecked and life in shambles. Yeah. And with the celebration, you know, sometimes people, there are people are falling in a category where they can't really celebrate or have fun mm-hmm. without yeah. that sort of influence. Right. And, you know, yeah, it's there. We see it in scripture where, excuse me, um, we see it, you know, in scripture where feasts, uh, festivals are commanded mm-hmm. and um, for days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Um, Partying but, all night long. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but that doesn't mean they had to have the alcohol mm-hmm. to feast, right. to celebrate. So let's, let's, let's throw in a different caveat. Coke is horrible for you. Coke is horrible for the body. The, like the drink beverage. Or... Both. Coca-Cola. Both, are, yeah, both like, are bad for you. What are we talking about yeah. here? Coca- Just Coca- cocaine Coca- is also <laughs> bad for you. I was it's like, not good. I mean, I agree. Both so, statements. Don't talk about drink. Okay, so here's a question. Okay, because we're going to get into food and health and all that in a minute. And even but, smoking, too. Yeah, like, so if how, how is having a Coke, which is horrible for your body, less bad or better than having mm-hmm. a beer. So how should we think about and consider our brothers and sisters in Christ and our own desire even to drink or our own um, liberty to drink? Mm-hmm. I mean, we would all sit here and say, I think, that scripture gives freedom if you don't have that conviction mm-hmm. for you to consume alcohol within the boundaries of not being drunkenness and not being in dependence. Mm-hmm. Is that we all agree on that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then if we're going to say that's okay, then how do we have a heart and how do we navigate uh, caring for our brothers and sisters in Christ while consuming or not consuming alcohol? What are some scenarios that we might would or wouldn't consume alcohol? Yeah, I think it's wise to think through, you know, being in public, right? Mm-hmm. Um I mean, you, you don't know who's looking. And again, for you, it might not be a big thing where it's like, hey, I'm not really, you know, I'm not getting drunk. I'm not dependent on this. I'm just, you know, going to uh, a local establishment uh, to enjoy a beverage with some friends. And that's, yeah, well within your liberty. But again, like if you have someone from your church who's a recovering alcoholic or struggling, like does that present potentially like, present a hang up to them where it's like, man, like I wish I could do that, but you know, stuff like, you know what I mean? And so again, it, well, why are they there? <laughs> again, is this a bar or is this just a restaurant? I don't know. Okay. I'm not trying to ruin y'all setup here, but you know what I mean? We're in a local establishment where alcohol is served and you know, people be playing Shout out games to stuff. good times. Shout out to good times. Yes. You know? So yeah, if, if you're at good times, have hanging out and then like, Oh snap, you know, here comes, you know, yeah. Craig from church. No, I don't I don't Craig is always the first name that comes to my mind. Did you say Craig or Fred? Let's say Fred. 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 Here's Fred from church. And Fred's just like, oh, man, like, you know, here's the pastors, like, having a beer. You know, it, what does that do to Fred? If, you know, if, if youth, for me as a youth pastor, if youth walk by, you know, what am I presenting to them? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, location should be one of those things we consider. I think finances also, I don't know. Booze is expensive. It is. And so, like, you know, is it, are there better things to, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Again, like okay. not to say don't drink ever, but like. This is why it's a gray area, right? Yeah. <laughs> because there are so many nuances of like how much money you spend on it and really being good stewards of your money, being good stewards of like, you know, the people you're around and your friends and your church members and um, just fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, making sure that you're not causing them to stumble. Um, I, I don't know. I I don't usually drink out in public, just personally, because I'm cheap. <laughs> so when you're talking about money, I'm so like... So it's not, a, it's not it's, a moral conviction. It's not necessarily a moral conviction. That. I'm just cheap. I respect um, that so much. <laughs> it's so expensive. And I'm like, I can buy a whole case for this. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, not that I'm drinking that the whole case that home. night. Let me go ahead and <laughs> We get a suitcase of Natty Light, take it to the crib, <laughs> ball out. Yeah. I should have said that first. But <laughs> but I, I don't know. I feel like those are some, again, kind of that personal conviction. Uh, what do you What do you think as far as the... Um, I, I don't... I don't necessarily see a problem with it in public. Um... I think specifically um, knowing situations with with people that have issues and drinking around them intentionally, um, I think is a problem. Yeah. But and would you? I'm, I mean, so like, consider that a sin, possibly, because the scripture is clear on. We we are not to be a stumbling block. Right. I, I now here's the hard part. I am not ultimately responsible for whether you sin or not. Right. But I do think, as brothers and sisters in Christ, and Scripture leads us this way, I should carry a burden that says I care so much about mm-hmm. your growth and your sanctification and your holiness that if this is going to be problematic for you, then I should refrain. Right. And that's, I mean, Paul's point in 1 Corinthians 8, I'm going to see if I could turn here, but, yeah. you know, he's the their issue was eating meat sacrificed idols, yes. right, and whether right. you should do it or not. And he's like, you guys are totally missing it. Like, the question isn't whether you should eat meat sacrificed idols. It's, you know, are you loving your brother? Are you concerned about him? In 1 Corinthians 8, starting in verse 9, Paul says, uh, but you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. For if others see you with your superior knowledge eating in the temple of an idol, won't they be encouraged to violate their conscience by eating food that has been offered to an idol? So because of your superior knowledge, a weak believer for whom Christ died will be destroyed. And when you sin against other believers by encouraging them to do something they believe is wrong, you're sinning against Christ. So if we eat, so if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I will never eat meat again as long as I live. For I do not, for I don't want to cause another believer to stumble. And that's like so hardcore because mm-hmm. it's... Yeah. I mean, he's really saying, like, look, if my freedom causes someone else to eat, I'll never eat meat again. Like, Paul's like, I'll be a vegan if it present, you know, if if that's best for another brother. And again, that's really something for us as Christians to wrestle with is like, am I that concerned with my brother that I'm willing to, you know, give up sin mm-hmm. or not give up sin, get up, give up freedom that I love his conscience, that I care about him. And it's, I mean, ah, it's hard because mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't love people like that. Well, he also said he wished to be accursed. 
be accursed in order for his kinsmen to so yeah, yeah be saved <laughs> yeah 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 paul said some rough things yeah pretty counterculture tattoos gray area yes or no yeah 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 agreed are we all inked up over here um, all squad inked up i am not Oof. are you inked inked up inked up yeah. Ink my whole right. body He's got a whole left arm sleeve going. Yeah, wow. he's covered he's up. He's wearing his sleeves. He's like, that I don't makes want, sense. I don't want him to cause anybody to stumble. That's right. <laughs> Slash, I have one cute little ankle tattoo. Uh, it's really adorable. That just <laughs> just went downhill fast. <laughs> it's really cute. I have a cute ankle tattoo. I'm not sure those go together. I'm just not cute sure if I believe tattoo. you. <laughs> it's super adorable. I don't it's know an in and out palm trees. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about tattoos. What do y'all think? Why do people? Why why would people say that the Bible says tattoos tattoos are sin or sinful? Because it does, right? There's the, yeah. So okay, uh, honestly, there's not a lot of ink dedicated ah, to the subject. So Listen to you. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm really proud of that joke. Uh, but there's the one I think passage that we could point to is in Leviticus, right, where right. it talks about not marking your body. Uh, and then people do a terrible, terrible, don't do this. If you do this, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. But like in Revolution where it's like, oh, Jesus has a tattoo. Like, He's got a tattoo on his thigh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I punch you right in the throat. Um, okay. Jesus has done a lot of things that uh, we yeah. can't. Jesus is the son of God. <laughs> right. So don't. But we're supposed to be like Jesus. The girl, I can't punch you in the throat. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I think so. That's, I think, why tattoos are mm -hmm. perceived as sin yeah. uh, because again the bible in leviticus says it's wrong so how do we respond to that josh you got a tattoo i do have a tattoo why would you purposely sin <laughs> <laughs> well proper hermeneutics mm. <laughs> who's he <laughs> never met the guy so <clears throat> we're gonna filter old testament through the gospel through Christ through the New Testament um, and if I remember correctly Leviticus 19 that passage is right more specifically referring to um, a pagan ritual which was marking um, your body during a mourning process mm -hmm. not in the a.m. in the m-o-u-r ning um, so you can spell That's I just good. did that on the fly so <laughs> I am f-l-y-n <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's <laughs> is that a country song too? No. no. no um, anyways, that's Chris Rock from Madagascar. Um, anyway, it's never repeated in the New Testament. Okay. It's never supported. And so, but it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, just again, this might be basic hermeneutics, and your audience might already know this because they're so smart. Uh, but as we, as New Covenant people, as New Testament people, we're not held under the old covenant laws right, right? yeah this so, gets into a whole host of a deeper conversation mm -hmm. but go, carry on but yeah and so it's again it's one of those things where it's like if that's the case again then we can't eat bacon we can't eat shrimp you can't mm -hmm. put your we claws together your in your drawer yeah mm -hmm. right yeah and so there's certain where, times where we're supposed to separate ourselves from the rest of society and be go back to the sabbath i mean yeah. like all yeah. kinds of crazy stuff if we are yeah. holding to that mosaic yes. law right, right. And again, and so, and I, this might be a rabbit trail for a different day. That's not, because again, there are some things like Josh is saying that the Old Testament, the Leviticus in particular, will bring up that are carried on into the New Testament. And so we don't necessarily throw the baby out with the bathwater, 
Um, but again, we're looking to see, okay, what is kind of consistent for us as new covenant, new Testament people, how are we to live? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause some will say, well, you know, the Leviticus says homosexuality is wrong. So do we get rid of, you know, do we ignore that and go be gay? It's like, no, no, like the Bible, you know, it's brought up again in Romans and Corinthians, mm-hmm. like homosexuality is sin. Yeah. So it's again, we're looking for those things that are consistent from old Testament into new Testament, which, you know, tattoos don't fall in that category yeah i definitely think kind of like we were talking about earlier of having that discernment just kind of asking yourself does this tattoo that i want like obviously if it's something that is contrary to what scripture encourages us to do as believers that's not a tattoo that we should get right (laughs) obviously if it's just that bold then maybe let's steer clear of that one but from there, like, I guess we have to evaluate, like, the reason that I want the tattoo. Do I want it? Am I being influenced by the desire to look like the world? Mm. Like, do I just, you know. Want to fit in. Want to fit in because my friends have it or whatever. I think these people are cool and I want to be cool. Like, is that why I want a tattoo or do I want it for personal, just other reasons? I think really being able to evaluate that to try to decipher why do i want this um and that might be putting a little too many stipulations no no i I think it's good i think if y'all don't mind let's lump together real quickly piercings and body modifications in the same category is that cool Mm -hmm. that's cool um because tattoos kind of fall in that category um so i feel like a couple of things when it comes to maybe body modifications but when you say body modifications do you mean like you know me getting an extra arm or what, what, is, what are body um, for sure well like I mean that would lip, be a body modification like lip filler Botox is that kind of those like are body modif- yeah I mean some you, of these things body, like right? uh, I know women in particular do a, a lot of body modifications I don't really know what honestly yeah any, any of those things do, but. I mean whether it's like I don't know maybe some of the stones or piercings or whatever in the face or okay. wherever or mm-hmm. or yeah anything that's body modification I don't know I'm sorry but yeah, yeah I just felt like that was understood but okay yeah just okay. clarity yeah an extra arm would well, be <laughs> yeah you know or but maybe I get because a two things number one we're created in the image of God mm-hmm. God has created us the way he's created us and you know there I think there always needs to be the question within us am I discontent with what God has created mm. like do I despise what God has created? Is that right. why I'm doing this? Whether it's piercing or whether mm-hmm. it's tattooing or whether it's body modification. Yeah. And so I think there's, you know, Paul supports this in first Corinthians six and he now granted in the context there, he's speaking specifically of us um, glorifying God and our body being the temple mm-hmm. in not participating in sexual sin. Now that's the context mm. but nevertheless the truth still holds mm-hmm. that you know our body is the temple of the spirit and it's not just to be cast off or it's not to be thought less of it is special it's made in the image mm-hmm. of god mm. and so um, i think that's something to really take to heart when you're thinking about body modification or piercing or tattooing is okay what, what do i really think of myself am mm-hmm. i doing yeah. something here because i don't like god's creation and Paul talked about in First Timothy 2, right, that 
for women, he talks about, you know, like, hey, don't be so concerned or filled with your appearance, right? Let your adorning be the inward spirit. I think that I also, you know, dudes are freaky these days. So I think that applies to dudes too, where it's like, hey, don't be so, again, concerned with your image or physical appearance that like. And that might even be, you know, the dudes who go to the Y for six hours a day and, you know, post selfies on Instagram. And there's a bunch of dudes that go into like the back room at the Y and they just have tripods. They just be taking pictures of each other. Nice. It's really weird, really freaky. So I feel like Paul, if he he knew about those guys, he'd lump them into that category too. (laughs) Uh, But just like, yeah, like, you know, we're so, especially again in the West, I'm not trying to be a guy who hates on America, but like we're so... Uh, consumed with our physical appearance mm-hmm. and looking good and being young and so on and so forth. And I think that's something we miss out on where it's like, yeah, being content and who God made you to be mm-hmm. and aging gracefully. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, I think so. Obviously, you know, being a follower of Christ means that the Holy spirit is changing us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He's changing us in the way that we think, what we desire, what we pursue, basically our entire lives are being changed. Right as followers of Christ. So that will ultimately change a lot of the outcome of what I do, you know, how I act, how I dress, how I do my makeup, how I do my hair, you know, um, as a, you know, some of these modifications, whether tattoos or it's going to change those things that we do, Mm -hmm. just the Holy spirit working inside of us. That doesn't mean that you no longer wear makeup. That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you no longer do your hair or dress cute or whatever. Yeah. That just means that you're putting your your hope and letting your adorning be in the personhood that you are in Christ mm-hmm. rather than the personhood that you can make of yourself. Right. right? It's, yeah. I, my identity is not in how good I look. My identity right. is in Christ. And again, not I really appreciate what you said. It's not to make. It's not a sin to look nice. It's not right. a sin right. to be cute. Because if it was, I'd be sinning all the time. Uh, <laughs> Ryan's sinning over here. From you the know? moment I wake up. From the Ryan. moment I wake up, I'd just be a sin. Um, <laughs> but again, it's like, is this my identity? Is this my ultimate? My desire, my goal is that when people see me, they think, man, he's so attractive or she's so attractive. But it's my goal to glorify Christ. And again, you can glorify Christ and be attractive at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um So I think we'd have to ask ourselves, is this tattoo, are these body piercings, is this body modification an expression of God's good work in my life? Mm. You know? Mm. Well said. Is that an expression? Because ultimately that's what we're supposed to be doing is expressing the work of Christ in our own lives. And that's something for us to really evaluate when we're wanting to do these things. So I'm not against tattoos just because I don't have one. I'm just really bad at committing to things. So, <laughs> honestly, I, uh, you know, I've committed to my husband and my animals, and that's oh, and the podcast. And I feel the like podcast, you know, but my job, <laughs> tattoo is not something that I can currently commit to. I feel that I designed my own for about three years. I worked on. And I never yeah. could get it to a point where I'm like, I want that on my body forever. And then you came home one weekend after your anniversary and was like, so guys, guess what? I got a tattoo and did not even tell us he was going to do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm but still see, mad it's about a it. a conversation starter. That is one thing I think is really cool with tattoos is that they can be conversation starters. Mm-hmm. And especially for... I just justified that. Once. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know. I had a friend If it had, works. Uh, like the angel of the Lord casting Satan into hell on his arm. It's the greatest tattoo I've ever seen. 
and it was like the ultimate conversation starter wow because it was just amazing it was like he was yoked too so it was like from here to here and just an angel with a spear like shoving a demon into hell and then people would be like that is so metal and you go let me tell you about it so, yeah yeah shout out to micah yeah I, I guess some of those body modifications for men might would be like going crazy with working out Roids. or steroids or bulking season. Yeah, bulking. Like some of those things would yeah. kind of be that body modification yeah. for men. I was trying to rack my brain, like what what does that look like for men? Well, I, I don't know. Time. Did you <laughs> yeah. my bottom lip in? Yeah, your bottom lip was very full. <laughs> yeah, bubble gum over here. Yeah. We're not valuable because of, you know, all the filler I get in my lips or Botox or getting my hair dyed or anything like that. I mean, like we see in scripture, the outer self is wasting away, yeah. but the inner self is being renewed day mm. by day, right? So our inner self is what is valuable. And that's because we're made in the image of God. And so if we are trying to change that image, kind of like what you said earlier, then I mean, that's to me where this starts become sin is where you don't value the image that you were given and that's not valuing God's image in mm -hmm. essence, because that's what you're made in. So I feel like that might be where you're teetering on, on sin. Is that yeah. too far? No, I think anything that, that becomes an idol at that, it is sin. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. If, if, if lifting weights and the way I look becomes what I identifies me or what I, what satisfies me, what gives me validation, mm -hmm. then it has become an idol. Mm -hmm. And uh, so whether body modification is by doing something that's a little more natural, like lifting weights, or whether it's through surgical means, either way, right. it can be a sin. And doesn't, you know, I don't think any of us are going to sit here and say absolutely that body modification is a sin. But I think it pretty quickly gets there mm -hmm. because it's usually based on being dissatisfied with what God has made. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to push a little bit on what you just said. Uh-oh. All right, go ahead. Um, so, and you use the passage, which I, I agree, obviously, with, <laughs> which is that our outer, self, so it is our, our outer self is wasting away, but our inner self is being renewed day by day. So here's a question that I've been plagued with for several years now, and it kind of comes and goes, So because I don't obviously live by this all the time. But so we're going to jump into food okay. and our health. And so... If, all right, we're declared to be holy, right? We are justified mm -hmm. by Christ. We are declared to be holy. And yet we know that we are striving towards holiness spiritually from now until glory. So knowing that Christ is not only holy spiritually, he's also perfectly in the flesh now. To what extent should we be growing towards glory in our flesh? Like, how should we be treating our body in such a way that says that I'm looking forward to glorification in the same way that we do with sanctification? 